I'm Jess. I'm Mandy. And we are Drama Bonded. Today, we are going to talk about Vanderpump Rules and, well, actually, we're not talking about Vanderpump Rules because it hasn't happened yet. No, we are. Yeah, we totally are. (laughs) But we're talking about, despite being completely full of shit. Yeah, we lied. (laughs) We have absolutely listened to all of Rachel's podcast thus far. Well, I didn't finish the third episode, but I listened to episode two and part of three. Okay. I finished episode three and you and I have feelings. Very different takes, um, which is good. It's good for us to have different takes. Uh, But so we're going to talk about Rachel's podcast and then we're also going to talk about what we hope to see on season 11. Yeah, which starts next week. So excited. Very excited. And then we'll finish up with episode one of Joey's season, The Bachelor. Talk about maybe some of the more interesting uh, entrances and uh, our top four women for the season. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Would you like to start us off with the dialogue about Rachel's latest episode? Um, no, you start. Okay. That's totally fair. So the TLDR is she got a lot of feedback, uh, which I think meant the same feedback that Mandy and I had, which was she was smiling and laughing through some things where you're just like, this does not make sense to be so flippant or giddy about, um, particularly like when she cheated with Tom or that moment that happened, things with Graham, her dog. And so her response to that was to bring on a uh Well, I a, think we need to talk about the second episode first too. Um Okay. Because there's like a lot of stuff about Vanderpump rules that came up in that episode. Okay. Yeah. Episode two is escaping me. So give me the rundown on that and then I will pick back up on where we're at with episode three. Yeah, so episode three was totally different than episodes one and two. So we are, you already know our feelings on episode one. And then episode two, she starts by talking about the trailer for the show. Yes, yes. And so I was kind of already in this space of like, okay, she is going to recap the show. If she's like talking through the trailer and like what she's seeing in the trailer, it's She's probably going to, even if not recap on the show, she's going to like comment on the show. And so that's a tidbit of information. And then she kind of went into the whole like how sh- she went into season 10 wanting a storyline. And that's why she went on that date with Peter. Yeah. And all of that stuff was really insightful. Um, Because apparently her and Peter actually did go on a real date before the show started filming. And she didn't like it. It just wasn't her jam. But then production said she needed to go on a date again and they needed to film it. So she, in order to stay on the show or to stay relevant, like, and that was kind of a cool behind the scenes take because she also then explained that every character, every person on this show is also in the process of trying to develop what their storyline will be. Yeah, and how much they have to kind of go outside of what they actually would want to do to maintain a relevant storyline. Absolutely. And she broke down the the kiss with Tom Schwartz and Mexico and how, you know, that was really heavily produced or heavy-handed by the producers. What did you think about that? I had I have some takes on that. Honestly, I was just surprised that she was willing to open up about that because she said that she wouldn't talk about that kind of stuff. And then she did. So I was just excited to get a little insight into, even though it is reality TV, there are obviously, you know, people are pushing the show in a particular direction. And so that to me stuck with me more than I guess my thoughts on the thing itself. So obviously the producers were pushing it because you know, there was all that back and forth of like um, Sheena suggesting that Tom and Raquel should just make out. Sorry, Rachel, that's hard for me sometimes. Um, And Katie was mad about it and there's all of that drama. So the producers are pushing it because they know this has been kind of a storyline in the show, right? And Raquel even asked Tom if he wants to make out at that one like music event they are at earlier in the season. And so the way that she recaps it, she's basically saying, like, I was never really into Schwartz. Um, They just really wanted to make this happen. Tom asked me if I would kiss him, and then we just kissed. 
Right. And she was saying the reason that she asked him at that music festival was because there had been a lot of rumors about her making out with Schwartz at another oh, yeah. location. And so she, when when they when she initially approached Tom Schwartz about that, it was more just sort of like in jest of like, everybody already thinks it happened. Yeah. We could just do this and this can be a plot point going forward. And he at that moment wasn't into it. Yeah. But then she feels like he sort of on the back end was course is maybe too strong of a word, but somebody like lightly pushed him in that direction to reconsider. Supposedly Tom Sandoval. So basically what ends up happening is Tom and Raquel are having an affair and one of their safe spaces is at Tom Schwartz house. So we know that Tom Schwartz has known the entire time. And because Tom Schwartz is like on the ends of the affair, I think, Tom Sandoval was like, yeah, you should like definitely kiss her because that's providing distraction from what's really going on with Tom Sandoval and Raquel. And whether all of that's true or not, you know, like I actually do believe that that probably is what happened. But, you know, Raquel was also a player in the game. So on the one hand, I was excited that she finally acknowledged that Tom Sandoval was like manipulating the situation to like hide the affair. That yeah. was like one of the first like, hey, she threw us a bone about Sandoval. But I also think, like, it was benefiting her in that capacity as well. Interesting. Yeah. That's a that's a totally valid take on that. That's – yeah, I hadn't given that whole thing as much thought as you just did, so. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I'm just looking for any sorts of, like, feelings and truths around the affair during filming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And kind of figuring out, like – like, how was she feeling when all of that was going on? Like, what was the, what were the conversations between her and Tom? Like, how are they navigating all of this in that group of friends? Like, I think it's pretty crazy that Schwartz's apartment was like a safe space for them. And he was just like allowing them to just be a couple like that in front of him. And I guess um, on her podcast, she said that Schwartz was always telling Sandoval that he needed to come clean. And while that's nice, like, obviously that didn't end up happening. So it's hard not to have this feeling of like, well, even if Schwartz was saying one thing, he was not really doing anything to. Yeah, he was being his usual. Yeah, he was just being compliant with what was going on. And I mean, on the one hand, I don't know, it's not Schwartz's job to like. No. Tell anyone. But I also think that Schwartz is also not a very. um, Direct or. um. He's not a very capable person when it comes to like holding people accountable. And if you watch the show, there's like a boys club where they just protect everybody. And so it's hard for me not to believe that even though he was saying one thing, his actions were just to protect Tom Sandoval. Yeah, that's a that's a key thing in the Tom Tom Jack's relationship throughout all of the seasons. And, you know, yeah, it's not Schwartz's job to out anybody to call attention to it, but he definitely could have laid the boundary of like, this will not be happening in my apartment. Sorry. Yeah, Period. exactly. End of boundaries. Story. Like, don't support d- it. Yeah, just, yeah, don't be, don't be an enabler of it. And I think that that would have been more than enough, so. Yeah, exactly. Okay, now we can get on to episode three. Sorry, I just was like, wanted to talk about No, I'm so glad you did. Sometimes <laughs> it's funny what sticks with us and what just sort of goes out you know, in one ear, out the other. And episode two f- for me was mostly that. Um, I don't know what I was doing when listening, but anyway. Um, Rachel brings on a clinical psychologist in episode three to discuss the feedback that Rachel received of she's smiling and laughing and it feels really uncomfortable for everybody listening uh, because it did feel really uncomfortable. It's like none of this is laughable. And or sometimes watching on the show. Yeah. and. Mans and I have different takes on this, and I want to preface this entire conversation with, I think, when you have a public figure who is doing something like this publicly, um, it's okay to have your opinions on it. And these are just our opinions. We don't know Rachel, and our our opinions are shaped by our own experiences. Uh, So we're just going to give you our takes on the perception of this episode. Uh, and for me, I think this was really disarming. And I guess props to Rachel that this was a good way to settle some of the uh, outrage over the way that she was talking. 
uh, by having this clinical psychologist come on, who I think did a really good job explaining why people's response to hard situations is to laugh or smile. And for me, I think what I really appreciate about this is, you know, I, after I lost my dad, I really struggled in therapy to come to grips with a lot of things and take accountability for my own actions. And I sort of just had to every day show up and I meet myself where I was at and it was messy. And there were things that I needed to take accountability for, but did not have the ability to do that in that moment. And so for me, watching Rachel address this rather than take accountability for the harm to Ariana um, made a little bit of sense to me, even if it's messy and it is sort of like, well, why are you doing this? This feels like a way of centering yourself. But her process initially to me does have to center herself. Like if she does not sort her own shit out first, she's never going to be able to look outward and give a heartfelt apology and do the work to build back, not even build back. I don't know if she can have a relationship with these people, but to actually take accountability for the harm and apologize for that. So for me, I'm here for the messiness. Um, I, I feel like it was a reflection of some of my own therapy sessions. And we don't know if she is doing therapy outside of this. I assume she is, but we don't know. Um, so I just felt like it was a good way to have a conversation around an anxiety response. So for me, this was a little bit of a win. But I know Mandy does not feel that. I don't think I don't think it was a win. I think I'm just struggling with everything at once. It's like, okay, what if this was a podcast just about Rachel's process of healing? You know, like that to me could be a concept that I could get behind. Okay. I yeah. still I still kind of struggle with that a little bit just because I was telling Jess, like, I feel like you listen and respond to things differently when you're on a podcast because you know you have an audience of people listening than you would if you were one-on-one with a, ther- with a therapist. So it's hard for me to believe that she's maybe getting completely what she would need to be getting out of, you know, this discussion with this, um, is it a psychotherapist? She was just a clinical psychologist. Psychologist. It's hard for me to Not believe just, that maybe but- um, she was getting what she could out of this conversation if she hadn't had a mic and headphones on, you know? Like, I think this is a super valuable conversation. I understand why she addressed it on the podcast because of the feedback she was getting. But I guess my issue with it is it's obvious that Rachel is still in her process, and it's totally understandable that that process is messy. I can relate to that in my own way. I've, you know, I've been in therapy for years, and some of the stuff that I'm working on with my family and creating boundaries there is so hard and so messy and I make mistakes all the time. And so of course I want to give her grace while she's like processing everything and learning and healing. And But I also struggle giving that grace when she is parallel, um, when there's a parallel of her also you know, talking about the show, recapping the show, talking about the trailer, going to talk about season 11. And so it's like, how do we invest in the process when she's still waist deep in the mess willingly? And so I think that that's something that I'm trying to understand is like, I don't really know what this podcast is. Is it just like Rachel feels a need to stay relevant and ride the wave of the timing, which on the one hand totally makes sense. But on the other hand, is it's like, are you questioning sort of the genuineness? Yeah, of it? like what I don't understand necessarily where the, what is the intention behind the podcast? What are we supposed to be getting out of it? Um, what how is this benefiting Rachel? Is it hurting Rachel? Like, I guess I just don't really know where she's taking us. That's totally fair, and I love. I just want to point out. I think your organizational brain of calling out that there doesn't seem to be a direction for the podcast. Um, yes, that it's like, is like, what's the concept? Right. <laughs> what is the story? Give what us, problem are we solving? Give us a summary. Why are we listening? <laughs> yeah, there's not that. And then the added element of her insisting on talking about season 11 and the trailer in conjunction with doing the healing, it sort of does like, it leaves the door open for some suspicion as to what her true motivation is here. Yeah, because if she was prioritizing healing, maybe she would 
wait a couple seasons to talk about the show. I don't know. I guess my take on that, the only thing that I can say for that is, is I look back on some of the things that I went through and did, and I was like, oof, yeah, maybe not my best move. But in the moment, I was like working with what I had. And I think that that comes with age. I think that comes with experience. And we'll see how she grows um, and changes over time. And if she doesn't, I think that that's a pretty clear indication of her motivations here. But there's also a possibility that, you know, we really are just genuinely watching somebody go through the mess of it. And hopefully she does learn and grow, but maybe she won't. Yeah, I think I think something I'm also struggling with is there's been this consistent underlying theme of Rachel kind of acting or creating this victim theme. Hmm. Where it's like, oh, um, I'm covering up hard things with smiling and laughing because I have anxiety. When it's like, okay, but why do you have anxiety? (laughs) I actually... Let's talk about that too. Well, and she does touch on that, you know, the abusive relationship with uh, James. And then, you know, her backstory is fascinating that her mom had her sister and then had her, but didn't want to keep Rachel. And so Rachel ended up being adopted by an aunt. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's a lot. And so while I understand sort of like not wanting her to situate herself as the victim, I think this is a case of two things can be true. I think she is the perpetrator of a lot of harm, a lot of thoughtlessness and absolutely needs to be held accountable for that. And I think it's also true that she is a human being who's experienced some incredibly hard things and as a result has made some very bad decisions. And it makes, it doesn't make sense to me because I don't fully, I don't know what it's like to be her, but in my mind, I can see why she also deserves space to acknowledge the things that she's working against and why she made the decisions that she made. And I think it's a case of like, Two things can be true, and it's a hard balance to strike being genuine to yourself and your own experiences while also taking accountability for your responses having the impact that they have. Yeah, and I think this kind of goes back to the lack of accountability is like linked to the victim theme, and so I think she has to do the work to kind of get out of the, like, yes, I understand she's had a hard life and all of those things. I'm not trying to. And no, yeah, not to say that that's also an excuse, just like an understanding. Yeah, like I'm not trying to discount those truths, but also I think that's where she needs to grow. Like that's where she needs to do the work is realize like how her actions have impacted other people and like how she talks about those things and how there's so much power and freedom into being able to like acknowledge that and grow from that. And so that's like more so where I'm coming with the victim talk. And um, I, I relate a lot to this problem, actually, where people aren't able to see past the end of their noses and how like even the way they're, they're hurting themselves and making themselves a victim is like limiting their experiences with other people because they're not even able to take into consideration um, how someone else could feel based on their actions. And so I just, you know, I hope she is able to do the work and grow and like lean into that because I think you're way more capable of having real relationships when you're able to unlock that ability. Yeah. So I think maybe where we're like not fully lined up and like how we feel about this is you want her to be doing this work behind closed doors and only then to come forward once she has herself figured out. So forward facing, she's able to really address things directly with Tom rather than dealing with her own shit right now. And I sort of feel like I'm here to witness the whole mess that is this. <laughs> and I agree with you. Like I I know that like she can't take accountability until she does this work. And it is a question of like because of how public the affair became, how, you know, just the nature of the beast should she be doing this part publicly? Like, does she have a right to be in this position and gaining sympathy from the public? I think it's two part. I think that is true. I just want to say like, okay, if she is going to involve us in this healing process, I think that the podcast should just be about that. 
And then maybe that in and of itself morphs into her talking to other people who are doing like going through their own healing process or, you know, can relate to other celebrities who have been involved in scandal. And I don't know. I think that's a cool gateway to a whole other podcast. Yeah. Or she doesn't include us in the process and she just talks about pop culture and Vanderpump rules and stays relevant in that space, which like, okay. But I think it's like. The two together, to me, don't seem like they make sense. Like, I don't know how you heal and continue talking about the show at the same time. But also, you know, I will admit that I think that she should just work on herself and not talk about the show. And I think she should just take the space to do that and then come in strong and awesome. And then, you know, what does Rachel want to do with her life? Let's make a podcast about like, oh, she's going to be a Pilates instructor and she's going to help girls who have pageant trauma and she's going to, I don't know, like, I guess I hate for her to stay rooted in this space that's like preventing her from healing, but then also talking about healing. I don't know. No, that's all really fair. Um, Time will tell. Uh, I guess I'm tuning into her episode, so we'll probably- Yeah, I guess we're listening now. (laughs) (laughs) So full of shit. Never believe me when I say that I'm not. Uh. Jess, it was late. It wasn't that late at night, but- it was like nine o'clock at night and Jess was like, um, so I have to admit that I'm listening to Rachel's podcast. And I was like, I already listened to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Just yeah. like we had no self-control. Um, Should we talk about what we want to see in yeah, season 11? Let's do that. Starting next Wednesday. Oh, it cannot get here fast enough, though. I kind of need the weekend, so I'm not going to wish it away. But what are some of your hot takes on the trailer? Um. I love, listen, hot take. Ariana is not my favorite person and she hasn't been from the get-go. And so she she like weaves in and out. I feel like she's maybe one of the more normal people on the show where I'm like, okay. But also she does some things where I'm just like, mm, as the normal person, I feel like you should know better. <laughs> Um, so I'm so curious if the drama about her, was it Lala that made the comment about she thinks she's God? Oh, it's like, I've never seen someone get cheated on and then become God. Yeah, that was it. I'm like, whoa, is that going to be a big storyline or is that just like a, a, like, I love that take, but I wonder if it's a dramatic take or if it's just drunkenly. Well, she's not drunk because she's sober. Oh, that's right. Way to go, Lala. She's been sober for a very long time. You're right. Um, like, I think it. The, I think it's both. Yeah. I think it was probably a moment of like extreme truth. I also think Lala loves to bring in the hot one-liners. But I also think that Scandaval really took away from all of Lala's drama. And Lala went through a shit ton. And it was very um, outshone by Scandaval. That is a very good point, especially, yeah, how contentious, like, she's going to court over everything with Randall. Like, it really was messy, and she has not come out on top the way that Ariana has. Yeah, and so while I think that Lala, like, obviously supports Ariana as a friend and, like, wants her to succeed and be in a better place and all of that I also think it can also be true that she resents the timing of everything um where she maybe needed more support and more of a storyline than she was able to have because of Scandaval there you go that's a very good call to the parallels there I like that yeah so I'm just curious to see how that plays out um I'm always excited for Sheena to just be an asshole and get everything wrong so I should like <laughs> review some typical Sheena behavior and make my bingo card and just see how far I get. Well, it's pretty, I mean, what they're alluding to is that Sheena seems to be maybe the first one that goes back to being friends with Tom Sandoval. Ugh, not even surprised by that. <laughs> there was some rumbling. She was standing next to Tom Sandoval in a photo and she was defending it, saying that it was a fan that had asked. So of course she did it, but Again, like, have a spine. Don't stand next to him. I don't know. Well, the theme in Vanderbilt Rules is that Sheena just wants to be liked by everybody and has a hard time, like, you know, taking sides. This is what I say about Chewy, my golden doodle all the time, is a friend to all is a friend to none. (laughs) 
So if that dog likes you and my dog, like really, if Chewy, if Chewy likes you, it means nothing. Sorry. He likes everybody. And similarly with Sheena, it's sort of just like, it doesn't mean anything because she is so willing to just let bygones be bygones. She doesn't have any sort of moral compass, it seems. She's just in it to be liked. Well, and I think this was an- another part of the trailer where she says, like, you don't know how hard all of this was on me. That's like such a Sheena moment where she's making it about herself. And like, obviously, when she're when you're really close friends with some um, with someone and they end up going through this, it does impact you. Like, that is true. But like, Sheena has tried <laughs> to make this about her like multiple times. Um, she and, you know, really there has. was like the punch thing, and then the legal. I mean, she the alleged punch. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my take. I definitely think Sheena punched her. And when Sheena was trying to explain how she couldn't have done it because of her nails, but then Sheena made like a really stupid fist and her little thumbnail and the mark on Raquel's eyebrow, I was like, uh, you know what? I definitely think she, she got punched a thumbnail to the head. head. I definitely <laughs> think that that Sheena punched Rachel. And I don't want to litigate whether or not that was a, a good response or not. But anyway. I don't know. Sheena just has a way of slightly <laughs> making it more about her than the other cast members do, which All is just very on brand. Um, okay, so what do we want to see on season 11? I'm interested in seeing Jax come back and have a conversation with Lisa Vanderpump. He looks rough. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm just, and he's getting his own show. Right, which, I mean, maybe that's our next show. The, the Valley. Valley? Yeah, I, um, Rachel Lindsay was talking about it. Oh, yeah? And I guess that all of these people are like real friends of Jackson Brittany's that live in the Valley. Okay. So I, you know, who knows, but the reason why I think Vanderpump rules was partially such a success was that all of these people were actually friends and kind of intertwined in each other's lives. And so, you know, if that's the case, maybe it will start off strong because all of these cast members already have relationships. Yeah, you really hit the ground running with Vanderpump Rules and all of their connections. Like Tom and Kristen had been in a relationship for the long time. Schwartz being involved in all of that. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's, I have mixed feelings. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I have low expectations for any new release when it comes to Bravo, but um, some of them end up being winners. So we'll just see. Yeah. What else am I looking forward to or hoping to see in season 11? I don't know. I am just deeply, deeply curious how the season goes for Ariana in comparison with everybody else. Like she truly has so much going on. I can't move past it. That's just. (laughs) How are they going to film? I'm interested to see how they strike the balance of filming with the Toms versus like the rest of the cast. And like there's that beach scene where James (laughs) is like, here's the line in the sand. This part's Ariana's beach. And so like. They're obviously going to have social gatherings where I think everyone is sharing a space and it doesn't really matter because Ariana and Tom are still living together, but it'll be interesting to see how those dynamics play out because obviously I think those are very force produced social moments. They're not just all like going to the beach to hang out. Yeah, that is a really interesting thought because the one theme throughout all of the seasons of Vanderpump has been these people are awful. Like nobody really seems like a good person. They all have questionable morals. They all do really heinous things to each other. And yet they always manage to come back together. And I, you're right. Is it that they do forgive each other or they're just lured in by the paycheck? And so they're willing to put up with a lot of shit because they're getting the money for it. Well, I think some of them have actual relationships outside of the show and in other ones don't. Like I don't think Lala and Ariana are very close friends in real life. Yeah, they've had some moments on the show that are like, Ooh. And Tom Sandoval actually called that out. Um, I think on the reunion when Lala was like backing up Ariana for something, Tom Sandoval makes a point of like, you're not even her friend. Like, and I don't, I think. Oh, Tom, what, what a stupid point to but make. But that's an interesting point when Lala makes that comment on the preview. Like, I do think there's this duality where it's like, Lala's like a girl's girl on the show, but I don't think she has like genuine friendships with everybody. Yeah, that's that's fair. I'm surprised that some of them are friends. Like, I just don't know how that all works out. I don't think I could be friends with people that 
even for a show. <laughs> like Katie and Ariana are making the sandwich shop together. So they have to have a relationship outside the show. The Toms, I think, are always going to be attached at the hip, no matter what they survive together. Um, I guess I would have said Sheena and Raquel, but obviously that ma- that dynamic has changed and Raquel's no longer on the show. Rachel. I don't know. Yeah. I do think that James and Lala have a genuine friendship, but I don't know if they're like spending time with each other outside of the show. Yeah, I, Allie, his current girlfriend made a post that James was sober. So on that note, I really hope we see a sober James through season 11. Though when he was sober through season nine, that, good for him for being sober, but my God, somebody else needs to go to therapy and work through some of their shit. Like, James, stop drinking, go to therapy. Wasn't one of the, didn't James go to therapy last season? It was like his start of therapy. I'm pretty sure that happened. I don't know. We'll see. We don't know what's happening. But um, so Tom Sandoval was sober for eight months. Did you see the article I sent yes, you? Yes, I did see that. And so he he is going to be sober through filming, but he recently started drinking because he thinks he's in a better space and he's worked through what he needs to work through. I have, I mean, I don't have the scope to really get into yeah. alcoholism, but I am always so curious, like, especially with this show in particular, it seems to me like they all drink too much. And I really respect Lala's decision to just be like, no more, like this is not serving me. And she still shows up and gives us incredible TV. But I also wonder, like, if you do have to drink so heavily to get through a reality TV show, even if drinking isn't your problem, maybe you should stop drinking or reconsider your space on the show. And it'll be really telling to see how Tom does sober through this. And I I hope that, you know, that time sober was good for him. I hope if he takes up drinking again, that that's also yeah good for him. Um, but it's, I don't know, it always scares me. I feel like they drink a lot and they do probably too many drugs. Oh yeah, for sure. I think that's a consistent thing in a lot of Bravo shows. One of my other favorite shows, Southern Charm, um, one of the main cast members recently came out saying, like kind of approaching his drinking problem because he was blackout drunk through all of BravoCon. Um, So yeah, I think that that's kind of a double-edged sword because watching fucked up people on television brings more drama, but also you understand how it's probably negatively impacting all of these lives. (laughs) So whereas like Lala is kind of an exception to the rule where it's like, I have to remind myself that she's sober. Well, yeah, I completely forgot. She brings the drama regardless. (laughs) That line. Yeah, she's just, uh, she's she's dramatic. Um, yeah, I was mostly bringing up the Tom thing because I wanted to remind people he is sober this season, but he, if he d- decides to drink, which is like totally his choice, and I'm not here to say whether it's the right choice or the wrong choice, but he will be drinking, I think, this next season, if there's a season 12. Yeah. There were rumblings that Vanderpump wasn't going to get renewed after season 10, but then everything that happened, like, how could they not? So... I'm cautiously optimistic that we will get a season 12, but I will just be happy for season 11 for now. And if not, we have Jax's bullshit. Yay. I'm rewatching Vanderpump now, and I have to tell you that I kind of forgot all of the Jax of it all and how terrible he was. And the fact that he's getting like his own little spinoff show, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because him and Brittany are great television, but also it's like, what the fuck? And Kristen Doty. We can't forget Kristen. Oh, God, Kristen. Yeah, Kristen, man. Did you, have you gotten to the episode where Jax is like apologetically coming to Britney for cheating? No, we're, we're not there yet. He's, I just have to say this. He's wearing a button up shirt and he's got this gray sweater over it. But then as he turns around and walks out the door, the back of the sweater is actually a Taco Bell sweatshirt, but he thought he would wear it backwards with his button-up <laughs> shirt so that it looked a little better. And it reminded me that Jax also wanted to start his own sweater clothing line. Oh, yeah. Ugh. That guy. Which he he has opened a sports bar, so I'm interested to see if that will be a part of the Valley show. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Well, are there is there anything else about season 11 for you? No, we're ready. We're ready. We're ready. Sweet. Okay, Bachelor. Let's talk about The Bachelor. Okay. Okay. Wow. 
Um, I will say, first off, it took me like two and a half hours to watch this, and I've got Hulu ad free, so oh, I it was, don't. So it took me a long time, long time. But I feel like that's a testament to the show because like I didn't want to miss it, so I kept pausing anytime I needed to like do something. And I don't always feel like that about the first episode. The first episode is usually kind of a slog to get through. Yeah, you're like, too many people. There's nothing going on. I'm not going to remember everyone. Why were there more women? Why was there 32 women? God, that was so many women. And like, to the detriment of like, they just like rapid fire in segments got out of the limo so fast. Like, I could barely write anything about them because it was like, Chiron, their name, next person. What? Did you, like, yeah, just don't have that many people. I think and, it should be 20. Yeah, and then knock it down to 15 first night. Yes. I think that's the, that's the money for sure, but it did not happen. 32 women. We're, well, it, it's hard for viewers to be invested in any of these women when it's like, wait, who who is she? It's Why so, do we care about her? Why'd she get a date? Well, yeah, because didn't we just like blow through Evelyn's... Um, entrance and then that poor woman spent like most of the time crying because yeah. she didn't get a chance I felt for her but I would have liked to see her entrance and like get to know her more and she ended up staying yeah so, her like, dress and her earrings, earrings. Oh, those earrings I I'm obsessed <laughs> but um any I, entrances that stood out to you there were a few um okay I think the first one that I really just want to get off my chest mm -hmm. is Zoe rolling in with those fucking bananas. Oh, God. Like, we need to drop the trope of asking men what their penis size is because it doesn't matter. And I felt really sad for Joey to have to be on national television and to have to pick up a banana that represented his genitalia. Like, if a man had shown up with chicken giblets and was like, what am I working with down there? Like... That would have never made television. The outrage would have been extreme. Just don't – we don't need to talk about it. We don't need to shame anybody. But also he's like – let's say Joey is smaller. He's not going to pick up the stubby banana. It's just putting someone in a position of like shame, right? <laughs> exactly. Like that's just not okay. Like Was no he going to pick more. up the biggest this banana? <laughs> I would have just picked up a banana and eaten it. <laughs> Just out of, like, sheer anxiety. I think I would have just, like, slammed the tray out of her hands and been like, oops. Fuck you. <laughs> no. Um, that was wild to me. Kyra. What did she say specifically? Do you want to see something crazy? And then she just screams. <laughs> and it took me, like. And his face was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I had the same face. And it was funny after about, like, four minutes of sitting with it. But I doubt that that landed for Joey. Yeah. Also, there has to be so many nerves. And I think someone is like, hey, do you want to like yell with me? Like, do you want to have a moment where we just like release together? Get it all out. Because I know that's happened before or like shake out the nerves. But when she just like yells at him and he's probably already like completely overwhelmed. That would send me if somebody <laughs> yeah. did that to me. I'd probably punch them just like yeah, not just even intentionally, them. like just like, no, <laughs> I don't need this right now. No. Yeah. <laughs> um. I even though Lauren to me was like, sorry, the older sister of the two sisters, I think she's a lot. Uh, but I did like her shotgun entrance. Oh hell yeah! And she crushed him. She did that in like two gulps. Yeah, I was like, did she actually finish? I wanted to like know was the can empty? <laughs> yeah, I want to try that now. I remember my dad teaching me to do that with lemonade. Oh damn! I know. So yeah, I started young. I. <laughs> Do not shotgun bear, though, but um, that made me laugh. Yeah, that was fun. I'm with you, though. She's, ugh, but that was fun. Um, And then, sorry, um, Autumn's cringy entrance where she was like, someone's favorite season tells me a lot about them. Yeah, that didn't <laughs> land at all. And the throwing of the leaves. Yeah, I was like, I thought they were rose petals. And then I realized her name was Autumn. And I was like, oh, okay. Fall leaves. Got it. Joey didn't know. Yeah, it just went flat. And then she's like, wow, I'm I'm really disappointed, but maybe I can change your mind or something like that. He was like, spring. <laughs> Definitely spring summer. summer. <laughs> Golden, leave it to a guy to not. Yeah, he didn't even pay attention to leaves. How 
could he? Nobody can like really pay that much attention. He's in shock, man. Yeah, that was hilarious. Um, yeah, the some of them definitely had better. I thought that Caitlin with the chemistry was pretty cute. I loved that. Yeah, what a way to lean into your career, do something interesting, engaging. Like that was very cute, and also lol chemistry. Yeah. They have it. Well, like he learned something about her with the interaction. It was memorable. Her she d- was cute. Her dress was beautiful. I loved that style. I will say when she let him put the goggles on, I was like, oh, because, <laughs> because you know, when you have your makeup perfectly done and your hair perfectly done, I don't know. I was like, there's a lot of trust right there. I think <sighs> I would have come out of the limo with my, my goggles, goggles on. <laughs> yeah. He did not do a good job. Um, ugh, I just have to say it. You guys, wear your hair up. I hate it. You've got all these beautiful dresses. You've got all, like, do something with your hair. Everyone You're, wears their hair down. I know. It drives me batty. I don't know why, but it does. And I just, I, I want them, even if it's, like, kind of slicked back and down. But, like, beach waves and those gowns do not go together. No. So, anyway, that's, that's my rant. It doesn't matter. But. I agree. Oh, Samantha throwing the dough. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I would have caught that. I would have been like, ugh. <laughs> Thing flying <laughs> through the air. Does it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> props to Joey. That's probably the athlete in him that's like, catch what's tossed at you. You know, good reflexes. My instinctual reaction is to not catch it. I, and Because I, I'm terrified that if I try to catch it and I miss, I'll feel more <laughs> embarrassed than if I just am like, I'm not going to try I have made an executive decision not to catch things that people throw at me because Saul made the observation that if you just toss something at somebody, they'll instinctually catch it. And so just out of pure spite, I refuse. Just somebody throws something, guess what? My hands are going down by my side. Not catching that. I think I have a little bit of, um, not trauma, because I'm, I'm not trying to take it to that level, but like my parents really wanted me to be good at sports. And they made me play softball and basketball and soccer. And I was just never good. I My dad would tell me I threw like a girl. I shot <gasps> basketballs like a girl. And I think that I just have it in my head that I'm not very coordinated from those experiences, which I really don't think I'm that coordinated. So I think that there's like a block there where I'm like, I don't want to catch it because I'll probably miss it. And then I'm like revisiting all of those moments of disappointing my parents. <laughs> You're choosing your own destiny. Yeah, you I don't want to feel that. That tracks. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, anybody else for you? Um, I mean, Jess's, is that the boat girl? Oh, Jess. Her, she didn't say anything about why she came in on a boat, right? It was just because of that pun. The relationship, ship. which is a stupid. Well, she's not on a ship. She's on a boat. boat. Yeah, that's a boat. So I thought that was a little, uh, yeah, that fell flat. Dumb. I also feel like I have to change my name now. I can't be Jess. <laughs> She's she. We pegged her as no personality, and you know what? <sighs> we weren't wrong. I saw a meme that she is um, Hannah Brown's evil twin, Hannah Beige, and I was like, I died because she does look a lot like Hannah Brown. Oh, absolutely. And she kind of has some. You know, she has a Southern accent. She's got the spunkiness. So there's some parallels there. I thought Hannah it was Beige. Funny. There we go. That is really funny. Um, okay, what was your overall impression of just like how the first episode went? I loved it. I think all of the women are just bringing it. The most diverse list of women we've had so far. Absolutely. And I think that... For better or worse, the sisters, Jess, uh, who else? Maria. Maria. Like they're Maria. Maria. She's a lot. Is dramatic. Oh, yeah. Also, I did not like her dress. Um, I didn't either. And I was like, you're so pretty. And it's not that the dress isn't pretty, but I just think like. She needed to wear her hair up and it would have worked better. I think you're right. There's too much dress. That's why you wear your hair up for that. The dress is. Also, like, show your collarbone, your shoulders. Like, it elongates your neck to have your hair up. Yeah, just not limp hair in your face. I just. Um, Yeah, Maria was a lot. I really thought 
the way that Jess talked to Joey versus the way that Daisy talked to Joey was such an interesting dynamic. Um, I think it's really telling of who people are on this show. Maybe not like as people outside of the show, I don't know. But Expand on that a little. I think that Jess really sees Joey as this attractive conquest for herself and is making it competitive, is is going at it to build some self-worth to like all the wrong reasons. Although she, you know, she's also not there to make friends. Uh, whereas I thought Daisy's approach to sit down and just be like, I'm so excited for you. Like, this is such a cool process. You know, I think that the outcome is going to be good for you. Um, and just to have somebody be genuinely excited for Joey was really cool to see. Yeah. I thought that that was really lovely. And just the dichotomy of those two individuals being on this season was really striking for me. Like, <sighs> Jess. <laughs> I know. And she's trouble. I love that she was wearing a jumpsuit, but I really struggled with her. I was like, why are you the one person that's like wearing pants? And I'm so annoyed with you as a person. <laughs> I know. And I'm going to sound like a fucking broken record, but it blows my mind every season that they're like, the sun is coming up. And I'm oh my like, gosh, it looked like noon, noon this time. Dude, no kidding. It, it was wasn't like morning. It was raw daylight it was when afternoon. they were doing those interviews for exit interviews but like I just think about anytime I go out and I put on something even like half as nice as what they're wearing it's so uncomfortable like just heels aren't comfortable fitted dresses aren't comfortable that much makeup isn't comfortable and they are in those for hours Mm -hmm. the jumpsuit makes so much sense to me because that was probably the most comfortable thing because it's got like more attachment to your body than just like your body pressing out holding it on that's true. So, yeah, I... The sequins, sometimes those can be not comfy. Absolutely. There were a lot of sequins this season. When, is it Evelyn that was crying a lot? <sighs> yeah. Um, I was just thinking about how these women have probably been in these dresses since, like, mid-afternoon. They had their hair and makeup done. They probably haven't eaten a lot because you never want to feel, like, bloated in a gown. And they're just in this pressure cooker all night where they're looking for the validation of one person against... 31 other super attractive women. So it's like, stand out, be noticed. And then it's like, am I going to get a kiss? Am I not going to get a kiss? Am I going to talk to him? Am I not going to talk to him? And then you stay up all night to end with this rose ceremony where in that moment, it almost seems like, (laughs) it's like, am I worthy of like being noticed? (laughs) Because he doesn't really know you at this point. Yeah. And you're so tired. I mean, you care, but probably not about, not as much as maybe you feel like you care in that moment. I, I think would it's be crying more so too. about like, like I look, I've, I worked so hard to look so pretty in my dress and I worked hard to not get too drunk and I worked hard to like be noticeable and I just need a rose, damn it. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's not really about Joey in that moment to me. I think it's more about being chosen. I think so too. Absolutely it is. What did you think overall? I realized we just like went on a long wind and tangent. Um, okay. So I, I'm really interested to see how the season progresses. I think that Joey came off a little overwhelmed and a little bit quiet and reserved. Um, so I'm hoping he adds in a little bit more personality and fun once the season gets going. But I will say that something I really appreciated was there were several moments where Joey was like, oh, you were from this place or you were the radio chemist or you. And he did a really good job of like making women feel seen when he remembered things about them. Yeah. And I felt like that brought a lot of like natural intention into those conversations where he was able to make maybe women feel more seen and relaxed and like, I don't know. So I think he also kissed a lot of women. So it's like this balance of like, he seemed really calm and almost, he was almost underwhelming in that way. But then he's like kissing all the ladies. So that was, a, that was also an interesting balance to Kissing me. everybody but Lauren. Well, which was fine. That <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> um, yeah, the sister of it all is a little cringe. I don't know how this is going to go. And I, so he kisses the younger sister. And so the older sister is immediately pissed because she feels like she lost that sister competition. And then the younger sister gets the first rose and then the older sister gets the last rose. 
So it's very telling that they're going to use the sister drama as long as they can. Um, and that the older sister, Rose, was totally a producer, Rose. Yeah, absolutely. When you said that, I was like, oh, yep, that is that is it. There's no – he had n- no chemistry with her. Zero. Like When she, like, walked up scolding him, like, I can't believe he, you, like, <sighs> waited to give me the last rose after you gave my sister the first rose. And it's like – I don't know. Maybe there are guys down. that are into that, but Joey. He's not, not like that. No, I am sure he is just, I don't know. That, yeah, I, that struck me too. It was just ugh, not a good move. Um, Any other moments for you before we get to our top four? I will admit when he first started talking to Maria, I was like, oh, this doesn't make sense to me at all. And it isn't because I don't like her. And I don't like him. I was just like, I don't really see their personalities meshing. She gave him mad shit for Remember the Titans. Yeah. And <laughs> I kind of fell for him in that moment. Like, don't shame people for their favorite things. Yeah. We, we have a saying, do not yuck someone's yum. Yeah. Um, especially after she was like, I love horror. And how many times do people be like, I hate horror movies? Me. Um, yeah. So as that- someone who does love them, that is the response. So like... Yeah, be nice. Watching that interaction to me, I was just like, where is this going? And then I think he kissed her, and I was like, Yeah, they had a little bit. I think what Lauren was trying to do was sort of that adversarial sexual tension, Maria actually nailed. Of like, we don't quite see eye to eye, but we're both really hot and into each other, and like kind of building that tension. I think Maria was sex- successful with that in ways that Lauren okay. just absolutely was not. That's a good take. Oh, we need to talk about the Leia card. That made me want to throw my margarita across the room. <laughs> Fuck this show, man, for constantly trying to pit women against each other. And bless Leia. Like, first off, I'll be fully honest. I hear she's 23, and I'm like, of course they give it to the youngest person yeah. because, like, way to just like, Hope so that she makes pressure. a bad decision. This woman, my God, like I loved her for this. Like not only was she like, this does not work well for my relationship with the women in this house, but this also takes away from Joey's journey. And, you know, he loses his choice in these things. And that's not what I want. I don't want to win on a technicality or like get further based on false pretenses. Yeah. On the one hand, I appreciate the show doing something different. I feel like any time the Bachelor franchise like mixes something up, I'm like, yay, a new thing that we haven't done before because the show is so formulaic that it gets a little bit uh, boring. <laughs> and so I did think that the card was a twist. I didn't really love the twist, but it was a twist nonetheless. And poor Leia, she's obviously a very empathetic, anxious person because it made her have a come apart. Like she just felt the weight of that and she was internalizing that. And she was like, what do I do with this? And I do think she was, I think she made it a little bigger deal than she needed to. But in the end, I'm really happy she burned it. It was a stupid twist. It wouldn't. Had Jess gotten that card, that would have been a whole other story. You know what I mean? Like, that's what makes the card interesting. Well, Taylor was ready to go in the fire after it. Yeah, it's like whoever, like if someone more competitive or less empathetic got that card, which is like, hell yeah, I can't wait to fuck shit up. Like, that would be (laughs) interesting too. That's a very good point. I think the fact that they just did not read Leia well enough to recognize like she was not going to do what they wanted her to do with that card. And in fact, it was really like, yeah, it it produced a really anxious response from her. That was hard to watch. That made me sad for her. That sucks. So in that sense, it's like, you're right. It could have been really fun, but typical producers didn't do their job and research this better to get a sense of like, I don't know, ask some leading questions, see what people would do with a situation like that. Like yeah. Leia probably would have told you exactly what she did, which is I'm not going to do something like that. Jess would have been like, yeah. <laughs> or what if it was like Leia gets to have a one-on-one dinner with Joey after a group date? You know, what if it was like an add-on where it's not necessarily taking away from other women, but she gets to benefit from something. I don't know. Totally. Yeah. God damn it. They do something different and they do it all wrong. I know. But it's in the fire, so it is done. So we did start 
the episode with a preview of what the ending is. Yeah, that was bananas to me. I was like, this is so dramatic. So does he tell someone no and then change his mind when he's standing there waiting for the girl he was like wanting to say yes to? I have no idea. Or does someone like not show up? <gasps> oh, yeah. No, because they, they do show the white car driving away. I'm so confused. Do they not say yes? Yeah. Well, that's the whole hook, right? Now we're, we're, we're in it for the whole season. We're going to have to watch all f- however many episodes. <laughs> okay, we're in it to win it, guys. Yeah, I'm curious too. Hook, line, tinker. I'm in it. Should we pick our top four? Okay. Should we flip for who goes first? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'll be tails. Okay. I'm going to try and flip this coin correctly. So Jess and I pick a team of four. We can't pick the same girl. Jess gets to go first. Oh. And we're just kind of like throwing out who we think will be in the final four and see who does the best job getting there. <laughs> okay. I've been waiting to talk about my girl, Daisy. She rolls up in like- Christmas tree car. I don't even like Christmas, but I do like Christmas. I love- I love the baking of my cookies. You I like, like Christmas. I do. But not for like the reasons of like, not the commercial reasons. Like the like, tradition, the yes, spirit of it. Absolutely. Like I am a big fan of all of that. That makes my heart really happy. So her growing up on a Christmas tree farm, she rolls up in this cute little red truck with a Christmas tree in the back. It was very cute. She gets out in that gorgeous pink dress. I just like could not. And then she tells her story of losing her hearing, yeah. getting the cochlear implant, And then she has a conversation with Joey, but like before any of that, just the truck and her getting out and the way that he received her, I was like, she wins. You think she wins? I do. That's it. That's who's my money's on. I don't know. Maybe that's because that's who I would pick, but. Okay. So you're picking Daisy. Daisy is my first choice in a very long-winded way. I'm sorry. You can pick the next two since I got to go first. (laughs) No, 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 no. We'll do one after the other. Okay. Well, Daisy was on my list, but here we go. Mm Mm-hmm. I am going to pick Lexi, and I didn't even really like Lexi that much, but I think that he's really into Lexi. Lexi was on my list, too. I'm glad you reminded me that I needed to pick additional people for when this inevitably happened. Um, I am going to go... Man. Lexi made a comment where she's like, I'm really down to earth. And I think when people verbalize that they're down to earth, it's a sign that they're not really down to earth. That's so funny. Yeah, I guess. Sorry, I just had to point that out. No, that's a very, that's a good observation. I like it. Um, okay, I'm going to go then with Kelsey A. Fuck. Ugh, I knew this was going to be the case. I was watching this. I was like, there's no way that you and I don't have the exact same list. Um, the voodoo doll. God damn it. Joey was like really into it. Yeah. It, I don't mean it, but like just not he's into her, but also I think just her aesthetic. He he commented on how gorgeous she looked. He, he thought the doll was really funny. Um Joey was a fan, so Kelsey A. For some reason I couldn't stop staring at her teeth. She had good teeth, but I was like I couldn't stop looking at her mouth. She had a good head of hair too. Yeah. That like, actually looked like her hair. Like very wavy. Yeah. Okay, okay. Sorry. Sorry, man. Fine. You know who I'm going to pick? I'm going to pick Jen. (laughs) We have the same list. That's good. That means that we're both probably right. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay. Um, I'm trying to decide now because I feel like it's really down to the wire and I've got to choose well here. Okay. I... Man, it's a it's a it's a dark horse, but Maria. Okay, she's on my list, but I think she self eliminates. That you're right. You you damn it. But we'll see because I I think she goes far. Okay, yeah. I just that I don't think she wins it, but there was mad chemistry between them. So but I, I also just, don't know when she would self eliminate. So she could still be top four and go home. That's right. I forgot you had. I I even as I was. Like thinking that through, I remember you saying the Canadian self eliminates and that you, she was one of your special mentions, but sometimes my brain does not connect the two things. So 
Uh, she was on my list, though. I think she's like a good pick. I don't know when she does that or if she does. You know, sometimes they tease things and it doesn't end up happening. Right. It's it's not the person we think at all. Uh, okay. Um. I guess I'm going to pick. I still have two more picks. I know. Um, I guess I'm going to pick Caitlin, the radio chemist. Oh, that's a really good one. That is also. They show her a few times in the preview. Yeah. Um, which, you know, sometimes that means something. Sometimes that means nothing, but. Okay. I'm just going to be real. This last one, I'm pulling <laughs> out of nowhere because you took everybody. Um... Give it to me. I'm trying. Shit. You're fine. <laughs> I'm. Man, so I can like edit this like dramatic pause down in the middle, but um, okay, 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 okay. I'm gonna go, Rachel. Damn it, Jess. did I? <laughs> I thought I for sure would be able to pick her. Okay, the lay was really sweet, and I'm pretty sure I saw her in like a tropical setting somewhere. Yeah, I think. Okay, let's see. Honestly, my whole list is gone now, so I really just have to pick somebody. That's what I just did. Because I had, I think I had seven people, and now we've picked all of them. <laughs> oh, yep, there it is. Um. All right, my final pick is Kelsey T. Even though I think that they show her when he's talking about Kelsey in the trailer to mess with you because he's actually talking about Kelsey A. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. But I do think when he first saw Kelsey T, I was like, oh, he's into her. Yeah, he was. He was kind of like a little I, bit of a jaw on the ground. Yeah, I was kind of surprised they didn't show, and this is another reason I hesitate to pick her, because they didn't really show him talking to her or having any, any interaction oh. after the fact. Do you remember? I thought I saw her in the preview kissing him with like fireworks. Well, I meant like after the limo entrances. Oh, no. So that's like, I don't know. You kind of want to pay attention to who has the most airtime in the first. Oh, I'm like second guessing. Should I pick Leah? No, I'm sticking to it. Kelsey D, I guess. Well, I just want to give a little bit of like, I don't remember where I got this information from, but I probably fucking Nick Vial, but saying that his advice to people is choose who you like the first night and then kind of ignore them. Like, don't make it super obvious. So I'm always, like, aware of that. I don't know who listens to Nick Vial. I don't know who, like – but, like, that kind of tracks for me. So I don't know. I mean, that, that sticks around in my head when they don't talk to people first night. That's all right. Not like I mean, I hope she makes it far, but that was kind of a throwaway guess. I'm sorry. That That's was okay. rough. I knew when I was watching this. I'm like, it's pretty evident who's going to be going far and who is not unless they're really trying to hide something from us. I would pick Leia, but I feel like she – I feel like this is – I'm not meaning this to sound mean, but I feel like she kind of only got the airtime she did because of the card. Yeah, and the first impression rose similarly. It felt like Joey – Like he appreciated the, the way she handled it. Yeah, which – but I didn't feel as much of like a romantic connection between them. That's totally fair. So I'm torn because on the one hand, I'm like Leia, but I also didn't see her in the trailer very much and I didn't really feel chemistry between the two of them. So I don't know, shot in the dark. Kelsey, take me home. Yeah. Okay. Well, is there anything else you want to cover? Let's do our candy review. Yes. Today, we are reviewing Haribo Watermelons. That? Is that how you say it? Haribo? Haribo. I'm okay. glad you said it first. I was like dramatically pausing, hoping that you would jump in and you did. So thank you. Haribo. Haribo. Yeah, that sounds right. I really like it. They they taste like watermelon. They've got that kind of, they're not quite as soft as the clouds, but they're close. They have like a strip of cloud. Yeah. And that's, they're delicious. I'm also going to eat that whole bag yes. later today. I also <laughs> like how big the pieces are. I don't know. I kind of love and hate that because- I love how big that gummy texture is in your mouth when they're chunky, but then I feel like I shouldn't eat as many of them because they're huge. <laughs> so and there's like, a decent amount in the bag. Yeah, so it's like, uh. Well, it's the best of both worlds for me. I Big candy and a lot 
that is how I prefer to eat my candy in large quantities. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, me too. Uh, so that's a that's a winner. And uh, look at us. Remember, we had one for last week too, and we forgot it. Oh yeah, because that's how we roll. We'll save that one for another episode. We will. Um, thanks for hanging out with us. You guys were so excited to talk about these shows. So, so excited. Uh, you know, we, we're trying to make a little bit of a push for listeners. So if you have people in your life who like reality TV, we'd really appreciate you throwing us a bone and just sharing our Instagram page or the name of our podcast with your friends who do watch reality TV. Uh, yeah. Spread the word. Yeah. We're Talk having, about the tea. We're having a lot of fun doing it. We'd like to have more listeners. Any help would be appreciated. And we super appreciate anyone who has stayed with us this far. Yeah, our core 20. Thank you. <laughs> From the bottom of our heart. And honestly, if we never get any more than that, we're going to keep doing it. You are worth it. So it's not to say that that you're not, you're not enough. You are. So thanks, thanks guys. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Drama Bonded is produced and hosted by Mandy Booth and Jessica Brumbaugh. Our production manager and editor is Solomon Brumbaugh. Our theme music is by Joe Waters. You can find more of his music streaming on the EP Jupiter Daywatch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. Thank you.